is there something wrong? And he said, I'm so glad you asked. I've been wanting to tell you, but I couldn't figure out how. I'm no longer Catholic. I'm no longer Christian. And by the way, I'm gay. This is Made for Love, a Catholic podcast about real people living out the call to love. I'm your host, Sarah Perla. Today's mini-sode features a mom whose son came out as gay and left the church. Mary is involved in the apostolate in Courage. My name is Mary, and uh, what I would like to share about is what it's like being the parent of a child with same-sex attraction, me being a deeply committed Catholic, and my son living as an openly gay man, and the tension of wanting to uphold the faith and continuing to love my son. Mary homeschooled her children, and her son, whom we're going to call John, helped out at church and enjoyed apologetics. After he got out of college, he was still living at home. He was still going to Mass with us, but was acting very um, aloof at Mass, like he wasn't really connecting what was going on, and seemed like something was wrong. I'll never forget sitting outside on the back deck on a sunny summer afternoon and just asking him, something doesn't seem quite right with you at church. Um, Is there something wrong? And he said, I'm so glad you asked. I've been wanting to tell you, but I couldn't figure out how. I'm no longer Catholic. I'm no longer Christian. And by the way, I'm gay. I didn't see it coming at all, and it was very shocking. And do you remember what you said? Gosh, what did I say? In the moment? Like, I wanted to know what that meant to him. Like, did he just mean he had those feelings, or did he mean he was ready to go out and look for a partner? In the subsequent conversations, it was more like trying to figure out what do you mean by that? If it's just same-sex attraction, let's try and work with that and how the church teaches it. But it became very clear very quickly that what he meant by that was, I can't reconcile these feelings with being a Catholic. And I've already decided that God's gone, the church is gone, and the only way I'm going to find happiness is with another man. And I was so upset that... He had been struggling with this for years, and I had no idea. And I still grieve, even now, about the fact that I didn't know it at the time and that I couldn't have helped him with it then. And if he had been able to deal with it sooner, he would have understood that we would still love him. He was afraid we were going to kick him out of the house, that we still loved him, that God still loved him, that the church still loved him. But he really thought that simply having the experience of being attracted to men made him the worst thing he could possibly be which is so sad, so desperately sad. Mary thinks, looking back, that she didn't cultivate open communication with her children when it came to their struggles. My kids were such good Catholics, in quotes anyway, that I was more just wanting to make sure they understood everything and teaching them all the intellectual facts of the faith. And actually, I was pretty harshly critical of people who were off the path and kind of encourage them to keep their distance from people like that. And then here's my son thinking that we are going to want to distance ourselves from him and all of his friends are going to want to distance themselves from him. An analogy might be like how I would think about my daughters 
if they were ever to become pregnant, I would want them to be able to come to me, even though I wouldn't affirm the fact that they had sexual relations before they were married, but I would want them to be able to come to me and that I would be there for them and I would want to help them through it. So looking back, it's easy to say that, but for parents to really cultivate that kind of atmosphere in their home where even if I don't agree with you, even if I'm not excited about what happened, I want to know and I want to help you with it. And I don't think we did that very well in our home. The way you talk about other people, the way you talk about characters on television, can set the stage for them understanding how you would think if it were them. And I was very critical. This was really a pivotal moment in Mary's faith life. I couldn't even sleep, but I remember just laying there in bed all night. Come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. I didn't have anything else to say. And the Holy Spirit really did break into my life in a new way because I was broken. I was so proud of my kids for being good Catholics, and I was such a good mom, and they loved the faith, and they understood it, and everything was going smoothly, so I didn't really need God. I was able to present God in an intellectual way and believe in God in an intellectual way, but I did—I really didn't even have a prayer life. You know, I'd take a stab at it every now and then for 10 minutes a day during Lent and give up after a week, but now I was desperate, desperately in need of much more than just intellectual faith. There was a priest in Mary's life who spoke truth to her. What your son needs now, more than anything else, is a relationship with Jesus. And you can't give that to him if you don't have it. He really encouraged me to begin praying in adoration. And I started making daily holy hours. And my prayer life was completely transformed. I, I didn't even value prayer before. And I was graced with several years of deep consolation of God's loving presence and and being able to see him working in concrete ways, even in my relationship with my son, setting up these beautiful opportunities for conversation, opportunities for me to meet other parents like myself where we could meet and begin talking and sharing our struggles together. So my relationship with God has been completely revolutionized on a whole different level. The sacramental life, daily mass, None of that really meant all that much to me before, and now it's a great source of grace. And um, there's an organization called Encourage, which is the sister organization for courage, support for parents and other people that have a loved one in their life with same-sex attraction, people that are trying to work out that tension between how do I continue to love and uphold my faith at the same time. And that organization has been a great, great blessing in my life to meet other people How did you handle this situation? What opportunities have you had where your child was able to receive your love? How did you do that? Maybe I can learn from that, that kind of thing. Chances are pretty good that if you're listening to this podcast, you already know what Courage is. But just in case, I will put a link on the show notes. And Courage is about the relationship of these parents to Jesus Christ. It also includes sharing questions and advice particular to the situation. It's been seven years now, and now my son is in a so-called marriage with a man, and this man's a big part of his life, and he wants to bring him home when he comes home. And and how's that going to work if it's at Christmas and my sister's going to be there with her little kids? Something that um, I think is very important for people that are openly pursuing a gay life to realize is that it's really unfair for them to ask for respect from us without also respecting us. And our son really is doing that in an exemplary way, even though he disagrees, even though it's very painful for him to have this deep disagreement. He understands where we're coming from. 
So he's not expecting us to change. I'm so grateful for that. So he respects us. He asked if he could bring his friend home. And I said, you're welcome to bring him home as your friend. And that's a loaded statement. That means like sleeping arrangements would be like a friend. When you're on the same couch, it would be as two male friends would be on a couch. John agreed, and they had a good visit. The extended family members who have little children are going to explain the situation more to the kids as they get older. It's hard for them. It's conflicting. And I think for a lot of young children, well, all of us really, that in order to love someone, you have to affirm them and everything that they do. And that's not what love is. Love is willing the best for someone else. And sometimes that means disagreeing with them. In fact, what friend don't you disagree with? We all disagree with virtually everyone on something. A few years ago, John let his parents know that he and his partner, whom we're going to call Bob, were planning to make it official. We were on vacation together and here we are having a lovely dinner. And um, he said, well, you know, there's something I think I should tell you. Bob and I are gonna get married next summer. And I thought you would want to know. Now, I know that you're not going to want to celebrate this, and I don't expect you to. I was so grateful. I thanked him for telling us, and I thanked him for his respect. And I have cried in gratitude to him for his respect for me. I know other parents where their children refuse to speak to them if they don't applaud these so-called weddings. And it's so unfair. It's like, I think of Tevye and Fiddler on the Roof. What does he say? Um... If you ask me to bend this much, I'm going to break. I can't break that far. I can't go that far and acknowledge that the union between two men is a marriage. That's not what marriage is. I can't do that any more than I can say a square is a circle. And if my son were to say, I don't want you in my life anymore, if you don't say a square is a circle, I couldn't say it. It wouldn't be loving him anyway, ultimately, to lie to make him happy. So that was really hard. So what's a mom to do in this situation? Okay, so we didn't go to the ceremony, but it's like, how do we continue to show our love to our son and even his friend? So we have welcomed his friend into our home on multiple occasions. And I'll never forget this one particular moment. He was at, they were at our house for Christmas and our son was leaving and I gave my son a hug and then I'm looking at Bob and I'm looking at him like, I mean, this is my son's gay partner for heaven's sake. If you asked me 10 years ago, if I would have my son's gay partner in my home and be kind and welcoming to him, I don't think I would have been capable of it. But I looked at him and he looked at me and we're like, I guess I should hug him. So we hugged each other. And then he said, I love being with your family. I mean, this is, he knows that we don't support them in their decision, but he also knows that we love him as a person. And I mean, so even though it's really hard, I'm incredibly grateful for how well it's going considering. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And, yeah. and I wish other children in that situation would respect their parents like our son respects me and us. So I'm just really grateful to him. Yeah. I'm going to have to share this podcast with him so he can hear how grateful I am. Yeah. So. That's really beautiful. John and Bob live far away. So Mary and her husband have gone to visit. So we went and visited them in California, and they wined and dined us, and we did a lot of the typical tourist things, and we just enjoyed the city with them. We didn't talk about any of that difficult stuff. They got a puppy, and so we were able to enjoy this adorable puppy together, and so we just enjoyed everyday life with them. And they wanted us to. They invited us to. So again, I was very grateful. They want us in their lives. 
So we do the best we can. Mary sees God's hand in all of this. I thank God for the grace in our life and even in my son's life. Even though my son doesn't acknowledge him, it's still grace that he's able to be so gracious with us. So hopefully this story is an encouragement to y'all, whether it is a familiar one or not. If you like what you've heard today, please support this project by sharing it with your friends, subscribing to Made for Love on iTunes, writing a review, or commenting on the show notes at marriageuniqueforareason.org. And be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter and all those things. This is essentially a one-woman production, so yours truly did everything, except for the theme music, which is composed and produced by Michael Taylor. And then the new music is from First Come.